starting today in Gaza, where it's been reported this morning that Israeli forces had ordered the complete evacuation of patients, staff and all those sheltering at Al-Shifa Hospital. It follows reports from the northern half of the Strip last night that marked that last night marked the fiercest night of bombardment since this phase of the conflict began on October 7th. The death toll in Gaza at this point is in excess of 12,000. Almost 3,000 of those bodies are believed to be under the rubble. There are no Irish or dual Irish citizens listed to leave Gaza today. A total of 51 have come through the Rafah crossing into Egypt so far. The Irish-Israeli girl Emily Hand, who turned nine yesterday, remains missing. She's one of 240 or so hostages taken by Hamas militants in the October 7th attacks and now believed to be somewhere in Gaza. Well, on this, I've been speaking to Yossi Melman, who's a leading expert on intelligence in the Middle East. I began by asking him if there are any active discussions taking place now on a ceasefire by Israel in exchange for a release of hostages by Hamas. Israel has, uh, the government of Israel has set two goals which are equal in their importance. One is to uh, smash uh, Hamas as a military force as and as a government, basically to get rid of Hamas in Gaza. The second goal, which is equally important, is to release the hostages. So these goals are uh, going hand in hand together. Not only that, the Israeli military and the government claim that the more uh, per- military pressure is on Hamas, um, and Israel is advancing into Gaza, the better chance to release the hostages. Now, you spoke early on in this crisis about what you believed might be a solution. In other words, releasing a large number of women and children in administrative detention or in the Israeli prison system, Palestinians, that is, in exchange for the women and children hostages. Do you still think that could work? And do you think it would be considered? Well, actually, at the first days of the war, I think the, on the third day after this amazing, shocking, traumatized attack by Hamas with its vicious force and all these um, atrocities conducted by Hamas, I suggested, I wrote an article saying, first of all, release the hostages. That was before Israel incurred, invaded Gaza. And there was a good chance at that time, had it been considered, to release all the Palestinian terrorists. 6,000 are in Israeli jails, and there are another 4,000 which are criminals in exchange for the hostages. But that opportunity was missed, uh, and because the Israeli government uh, didn't want to hear about it, the government was in shock and thought it would be a complete surrender. Yeah, I think Reuters are reporting that the uh, armed wing of of Hamas said just earlier this week it was ready to release up to 70 women and children hostages in return for a five-day truce and the release of 275 Palestinian women and children held in Israeli prisons. But I suppose, who would Israel talk to if it even was going to go down the road of trying to accept an offer like that? In in the past, it's been the Qataris, the Egyptian intelligence services. Are they still a possibility? 
Oh yes, there, there, there is no lack of channels of communication, despite the fact that uh, that the Hamas leadership is hiding and they are not in good contact as they used to be before the war or during the first days of the war. But still, the Qataris and the Egyptians, and above all, the United States, the Biden administration is putting a great deal of pressure on Qatar on one hand in order as a leverage uh, to 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 force or to or to convince uh, Hamas to uh, the leader Hamas leaders in in Qatar but above all in Gaza to ac- accept a, a, a deal on the other hand they also asking Israel to do it the gaps are narrowing down and i believe they're going to be a, a very soon uh, one way or another, a deal. Uh, there is a growing pressure by the Israeli public and above all by the families. As we speak on Saturday, there is a there is a march from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, 60, 60, 70 kilometers of march, which began two days ago, of the families. But along the road, a lot of ordinary Israelis are joining the, the families. Now, Ireland is obviously keen to press the case for Emily Hand, a nine-year-old Israeli-Irish girl, to be released in the first group of hostages to be freed. Who should Ireland be talking to in order to secure her release? The Irish Prime Minister and whoever whoever is in power should call the Qatari leader and tell him, release this uh, this child. Uh, that's That's clear, but I think... President Biden is already doing it, but the more pressure is on, on uh, from world leaders, from Ireland to France to Germany, the more pressure is by leaders across the world, around the world, the better chance is uh, to release the hostages. Qatar is is a sponsor of Hamas. They share the same ideology, the Muslim Brotherhood. Uh, they were. Uh, brokering uh, arm um, ceasefires between Israel and Hamas in the past rounds of battle so they they are very, they have a, they are a key player but also the egyptian intelligence is important and that was Yossi Melman, a leading expert on intelligence gathering in the Middle East, speaking to me a little earlier. Let me introduce you to the political panel here in studio this week. There, Martin Hayden, Minister of State at the Department of Agriculture and Fine Gael TD for Kildare South. Verona Murphy, Independent TD for Wexford. And David Cullinan, Sinn Féin TD for Waterford and his party spokesperson on health. Good afternoon. Thanks to all of you for coming in. Uh, Martin Hayden, to you first. How many Irish citizens and dual citizens are left in Gaza do we know? So as of last night, we have uh, 50 uh, Irish citizens who have been made the crossing through Rafa into Egypt. And as far as I'm aware, that's the vast majority of Irish citizens who have sought and requested uh, to get safe passage out of the uh, out of Gaza. And for those who may be reluctant to leave because family members mightn't have Irish citizenship as well, how is that issue going to be dealt with for people who need to get non-Irish or non-EU citizens out who who are family members. So what you've seen is, and obviously in a conflict scenario like this, you have a situation where it throws up a range of anomalies. And what you have seen this this week in particular, but over the last number of weeks since the escalation of this conflict on the 7th of October has been the Irish government um, using 
all of its diplomatic channels to um, raise all the individual cases, where it, whether it's that of Irish citizens in Gaza needing safe passage out, whether it's the case of Emily Hand uh, being held hostage. We're using every diplomatic channel open to us. Uh, the Taoiseach uh, met with Emily Hand's family this week. He's raising this at the highest level uh, with heads of state um, across that region. The Taunisha has been out there meeting with his foreign affairs minister's counterparts um, in Egypt, uh, in Jordan, um, as well as engaging in Israel and Palestine. So we're using every channel open to us to use Ireland's very strong diplomatic power to get the best possible outcome uh, for the Irish, Irish citizens involved uh, and those associated with them, but also to try and get a humanitarian ceasefire which is needed um, immediately. All right. And when you say all channels available, I mean, you're talking about government to government contacts there, but does Ireland comment on or have access to any other channels that but might also work? The Taoiseach has been clear. He's been in touch with the International Red Cross as well in relation to Emily Hand uh, and the hostage situation there. So, you know, any avenue that's open, um, and some of them are, are more public than others, any avenue that's open for discussions to raise uh, the points that government can for the best interests of our citizens, uh, we will continue to do so. All right. And how does, how does the Irish government view family members of people who are Irish citizens? What status do they enjoy in terms of the efforts that Ireland is making to get people out of Gaza? You know, first and foremost, obviously, Irish citizens um, are uh, carrying uh, Irish passports uh, are in that situation. But as I say, this is a real dynamic situation um, and we're dealing with individuals and where there's family members there, you know, we take clear cognizance of that. We're dealing with officials who maybe won't recognise that in the first instance the same way, but we make those cases and make those points. All right, But and that, that I, case is being made that non-Irish family members would be allowed out. Well, I, definitely there would be an understanding where there's non-Irish family members and I think great credit is due to our diplomatic team on the ground in our embassies across that region, a really difficult place for our, our diplomatic teams to be working as well. They know the individuals directly, they know their, their personal circumstances and they, they raise those cases um, on a case-by-case basis. Okay, uh, Verona Murphy, the, um, the situation with people who are not Irish citizens but who are family members of Irish citizens, that may be what's anchoring the remaining Irish citizens in Gaza and making them reluctant to leave. What do you think the Irish government should be doing in order to allow those family members to travel? Yeah, I think everything possible. I think this is a completely barbaric situation. We're seeing it every minute near the day now and what's happening. Um, you know, Martin, I'm not sure if the 50 citizens you referenced include our 11 troops that are there. But I think we have to make every effort. We've been through this, essentially. We know for the last 24 years what peace looks like. We know how to probably, I suppose, garner peace talks and I think that's what we need to do and uh, I appreciate that the Taunishta has gone over there uh, with that mind and but I think we need to do it very very soon and it needs to happen Have you been contacted soon. about this by constituents so, mm-hmm. you know of, on, in relating to all matters concerning if, what's going on at the moment If I'm truthful no I'm not. Um, there's quite a lot going on, I suppose, in a lot of people's lives and, and if they, they kind of think um, it's really maybe not our business. But I think it, it, it's something it, it's it's something that you've got to read into the history of. And most people believe that this has gone on for years and it's another episode and, you know, it'll take its toll and it'll take its course. But I think primarily people's interests are in peace. And I'm pro-peace and I believe that we are best placed as a country with our background and with our 25 years peace uh, ongoing, that we are best placed to garner peace 
in this war. And what way did, if you had the opportunity, uh, what way did you or would you have voted on the motions uh, that were proposed by Sinn Féin? I didn't vote, um, primarily because I was of the belief that if we expelled the Israeli ambassador, we probably would feel the the Israelis would reciprocate by expelling our ambassador. Emily Hand is held by the Palestinians, as far as we know, and so are some other hostages that may be of Irish origin. I think the reality is we have to be seen as peace brokers and to take action like that would identify us as taking sides and we need to keep the door open to broker that peace as soon as possible. All right, David Cullinan, um, the motion that Sinn Féin had was to refer Israel to the International Criminal Court. There was also the Social Democrats' motion uh, to put sanctions on Israel and um, also to expel the Israeli ambassador. Now that those two motions have been defeated by government counter motions, what's the approach now in your view? Well, the first point to make is that nobody is safe in Gaza at the moment. And obviously my concern is for people of Irish descent who are living in Gaza. But there are millions of people who are at risk in Gaza at the moment. 10,000 have died, including women and children. Uh, If you look at what's happening on our TV screens and on social media, images of children on ventilators outside of hospitals, evacuations of hospitals, hospitals being bombed, schools being bombed, children being pulled from rubble. It is a a massacre and a slaughter. And I'm for peace. Uh, I want peace. We all want to see a peaceful resolution. But we have to call out the state of Israel for what's happening at the moment. The Taoiseach himself said that this was an act of revenge and that the actions could not be without consequences. But every single option that has been put forward by the opposition, not just Sinn Féin, uh, in relation to imposing sanctions on Israel, economic and diplomatic, have been rejected. So we have to take action. And one example of that was to refer Israel to the International Criminal Court. The day after that was voted down by the government, South Africa voted uh, the same way, and the South African government did refer uh, uh, the territory of uh, Palestine and, and Gaza to the International Criminal Court. That's a country that knows about apartheid. That's a country that acted. And in my view, like we did with the territory of Ukraine, Ireland should have acted likewise in relation sure, to okay, this territory it, as well. That, that, that motion was defeated. There's another motion coming before the Dáil next week, people before profit tabling it, calling for strict sanctions against Israel and also tied into that for an end to the use of Shannon by the US military on the grounds, and this is what they say, no inspection has taken place of US military aircraft taking uh, going through Shannon to determine if weapons are being transported by them to Israel. Will you support that motion? What I want is the broadest possible support for a ceasefire now. That's what I want. And of course we have to use other options as well, but is this we want this... We want what I want to see is the slaughter to stop. I want the killing to stop in Gaza. Uh, obviously, we have to do everything possible to put pressure on the Israeli government. I haven't seen the full text of that motion, and sure. obviously, that's a matter for the party to discuss. But my view from the very start of this conflict is that we need to build the, the, the strongest possible coalition for an end to the violence for a ceasefire. Uh, the vast, vast majority of people who are mobilised right across the world right, are coming out are in, in support of peace and in support of a ceasefire. That's what we want. Right. And I or, want to be or, Ireland to be a, a strong part of that broad coalition. Martin Hayden, the, the Taoiseach said that the, the reason the government had taken the stance it took was so that Ireland wouldn't be an outlier when it came to lobbying within Europe to 
potentially lobby for some form of consequences for Israel under the framework of this uh, Israel Association Agreement with the European Union, which has a human rights clause. So what are they going to do in pursuit of that now? What is, now that the government has established its credentials as a moderate actor, how is it going to cash in that capital and advance its view in Europe? The first thing we're doing is giving €3 million Euro, um, to the International Criminal Court to assist it in its work, uh, important resources that are needed to carry out the vital work it's doing. Um, and Ireland continues to advocate for humanitarian ceasefire on 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 the first approach um, and to take an approach that any violation of international law on any side, you know, we think of the death of an Irish citizen in in, in Kim Dante uh, by the Hamas attacks on the seventh of October. We think of the barbaric um, attacks now on human uh, on, on civilians and on hospitals um, in Gaza. We need all of these elements on all sides to be investigated, which wasn't uh, necessarily right. balanced in in the Sinn Fein motion but last the, week. There, there's thousands of people marching, according to uh, our reporter, at the demonstration in support of Palestine in Dublin. Uh, they appear to have travelled from from all over the country. So in response to that, to the emails, the TDs are saying they're getting into their inboxes, one saying that they got as many as 15,000 in, into their inbox. What other channels is Ireland exploring? The relationships we have with the United States, is that a channel Ireland is pressing its view through as well in order to advance its view that a ceasefire is needed? Of course, Ireland is using its position um, as, you know, w- with strong uh, diplomatic links and ties. Verona talked about our history of uh, peace in this country and, and what that um, gives us in terms of experience. So we are using every opportunity open to us. The, the Taoiseach said previously, you know, however much Israel might listen to us, they do listen to countries that are close to us. So we are using that opportunity uh, in every given case um, to make sure that we get this humanitarian ceasefire that's needed, that pressure is brought to bear to bring an end um, to the current wave of attacks and to have a humanitarian approach um, to the conflict that's there, that's not there at present. All right, we're going to leave that there for the moment. We'll be back with a check-in on a protest that's happening in a different part of the country this afternoon after this. Saturday with Colm O'Mungon on RTE Radio 1.